Hi, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Tabletop for Two podcast. That has been a long time coming. Um, I'm Brad Van Butt, your host. And I'm Emily Van Butt, your co-host. Yep. And uh, so what this is, we've, so, you know, if you've, if you've heard us, seen us before, um, we started a YouTube series of game reviews last year. Um, trying to like look at games from a two-player perspective, from a couple's perspective, because for Emily and me, um, pretty much like 95% of everything we get to play is with one another, basically. So we got seven reviews done, um, then we had a baby, which made it very hard to... To well, get we had the filmed. baby in the midst of doing these reviews, but then as he got older, it just got a little more difficult to find time to do it because he's up and at him all the time. <laughs> yep. But uh, but we always wanted to, or at least I always wanted to come back and do do a podcast because I feel it's, it's just an easier way to to get that content out there. And just the timing never lined up until now, but now we're here and I'm very happy to be doing this. So this episode, we're we're going to basically take you through some stuff that we've been playing lately, um, which is probably how we'll end up opening most episodes. And then this week, we're going to talk about how Emily and I got into the hobby, um, a couple of the games that really got us started along the path that we uh, have found ourselves on now, which is gaming as our primary, I guess, uh, guess hobby thing to do that we do now. Our favorite thing to do together. Yes. There you go. So... <laughs> That's a way better way to say it. So, and that was our cat getting Thank introducing you, himself to the show as well. <laughs> so, uh, so let's start with um, Star Wars Imperial Assault. Something that I was really keen to get um, when I saw it introduced for the first time at Gen Con last year. Um, we had gotten Descent Second Edition, which is a very, very excellent game. But we we didn't get it to the table all that frequently. That's because it took way too long for our purposes. Yeah. Because- so. You know, if if you've played Descent, you probably understand why. But if you haven't, every quest in Descent is broken up into two halves, and I I mean I guess you can play those halves separately, but it's not. Uh, it's 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 better to play them consecutively, I guess. Not conducive when you have a toddler. No, not too much. <laughs> um, and for those who aren't familiar with Descent, it is a dungeon crawl game. Um, you know, set in the Terranoth universe that Fantasy Flight sets a lot of their other games like Rune Wars and Battle Lore and whatnot in. So when they said they were coming out with Imperial Assault, which is essentially Star Wars Descent. Um, we geeked out. Yeah, a little bit because I was I was interested because I, I enjoyed Descent, the system at least, and, and I love Star Wars. So that was pretty cool. So it took us a while to get it. We finally did get it. Um, all we've done is played the introductory scenario. But it was super fun. Yeah, I liked it. A, I liked it a lot more um, than Descent Second. So basically, what they did is they they took that system and they streamlined it even further than they did. Which is fantastic because we got a round. Of, we got one game of this in. I think during a nap time. Did we really? Yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that's going to make our list of nap time games that we eventually no, no, do. No, 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 no. <laughs> but we just managed to do that that day. Yeah, but um. So and the thing I think I like in those bad so inevitably when we play these ga- these types of games where it's a one versus many game, um, I always end up getting stuck with the overlord position. I told you I would gladly do it. I've never done it, but I will try. Well, I think when we next time we buy one of these, I'm going to I'm going to probably make you do that. OK, later on. But uh, so I always end up with the overlord position, which a lot of these games tend to be designed with the overlord at somewhat of a disadvantage um and i know in descent it was always frustrating because basically all of the heroes got to go around and wail on you until 
their turns were over and then you got to you know activate all your monsters basically at the same time i like the way this one works much better yeah in star wars imperial assault um basically it alternates so like one hero will activate their with their characters and then the overlord will get to activate one of his groups of figures and and you alternate back and forth until everyone's been activated and that basically ends the the current round i guess you can say so that was a great improvement so that i wasn't just kind of sitting there twiddling your thumb rolling while I was yeah rolling my, defense uh, dice forever doing my thing um i'm i'm curious to see how the campaign evolves in this one because i really like the fact that the missions are randomly determined but at the same time the the players have influence over what missions get chosen i'm excited to try the skirmish mode that you keep going i on am and as on well that well that's the other that's the other awesome part about it so you get two games in the box because there's a two-player um like tactical skirmish mode that's in there as well that looks interesting um i'm curious to see how it holds up to something like battle lore mm-hmm. which we like a lot but uh, we need to get to the table soon. Yeah, we do because there's expansions coming out for that soon as well. But uh, but yeah, Imperial Assault so far so good. Um, I you know some people online said the two player wasn't great, but you know the first I mean one mission in we liked it enough I think mm-hmm. better than Descent at least. So I would recommend checking that out, uh, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. It's it's very very good. All the little figures are so cute. <laughs> You guys will learn. I'm a I'm a sucker for the cute little meeples and figurines and everything else that comes in these things. Yep. So, but yeah, that's uh, Imperial Salt, which we've been digging so far. Uh, we are also suckers for card games. We have currently been playing the crap out of the Mystery Rummy series. Uh, we started, we bought, what, Escape from Alcatraz? Mm-hmm. That was the first one. So, so to give you some backstory for that, um, I had never heard of... Mike Fitzgerald, um, who was a very famous card game designer, uh, until Diamonds came out from Stronghold Games, which uh, which is a trick taking game, kind of similar to like Hearts or Spades, which we got for Christmas and enjoyed a lot. And then once I started doing a little bit of research, like, and it just who is this guy? Yeah, it just so happened that Mike also was making the rounds on a couple of podcasts that I listened to as well. Um, I stumbled upon this Mystery Rummy series, which apparently has been around for. 15 years without really knowing about it. And then it. we just so happened to be at the game store one day and he's like, oh, hey, I heard about this. Let's get this. I said, well, I love rummy. I was like, but I get bored with it. I said, if this is any better, I said, let's go for it. <laughs> yep. Um, This one actually, uh, it makes rummy better for me because regular rummy, I would just get bored because it's just the same old thing, game in and game out. This one, you actually have a strategy. You're actually trying to escape from Alcatraz. <laughs> so there's, but I mean, so the way it works basically is that much like Rummy, you have these different, um, so there, there's plan cards in the Alcatraz version and each plan corresponds to an a different, an escapee, but also but a color in particular. And then you also have like the escapees. So on your turn, if you have um, three or more of the same plan card, you can start a meld of that plan so you can lay them on the table and then other players can also you know lay off if they have that color in their hand as well um and then you can also play these escapee cards um well actually you can't you can play them to the table but they might also get drawn out randomly at certain times but what really makes it interesting and different from what you'd find like regular rummy is they also have a deck of these action cards that every time you make a play the first time on your turn you have to draw one of these action cards and these action cards have variable effects like one might say you can steal 
you know, a plan card from another player, or one might say you can either, you know, draw two cards from the deck or take a card of your choice from the, what was the discard snitch pile. Card? The snitch card made me laugh. Oh, I don't even remember <laughs> what it did. But but those are the things that kind of keep the game going. And then what happens is once there's eight cards of a plan in play, um, you can then take you the plan is completed basically, and then you can take an inmate um that matches that plan that's in play and kind of score it so they go under a score pile basically and then at the end of the round you'll get points for the different plans that you participate in that completed basically so it's it's a nice little take and then once we found the alcatraz one you know come to find out there's a whole series of games so we also picked up the um, jack the ripper version which was the original mystery rummy game and then also got a wide Earp recently as well, which is reprinted. Um, which is not technically a mystery Rummy game. It's but basically a mystery it is. Rummy game. <laughs> so the, yeah, there's minor differences between them, right? Yeah, like the Jack the Ripper, you actually, you know, you're trying to find the Ripper. So you're making the melds and uh, their alibi cards where you can say, oh, hey, well, I'm going to screw you out of being the Ripper. You know, things like that. Yeah, when so the way the the Ripper one works, rather, is that each color corresponds to a suspect that you're investigating. And at the end of the round, the suspect who's who has the most points on the table is the one that's denoted as the Ripper. And then all of his cards are worth double points, basically. Also, there is a fun little mechanic in this one where you can um, call for a vote on who you think is going to be the Ripper at the end of the round. And if you are correct, you get an extra 10 points, is it? Yeah, something like that. And it's, and the, the point is that you want to call for this vote when you can influence. Or when you're about to go out. <laughs> yeah, or well, but also you know when you can influence who the Ripper is going to be, but your opponents might not realize what cards you have that might sway that one way or the other. And then wider... Um, is again very similar in this respect where you you know again you're playing colored melds essentially that correspond to different suspects and every time that you, you play. play these cards they the bounty increases on them they have these little cardboard money chips that go on each one and then at the end of the round um if if a certain number of points are on the table for each suspect the player who has the most um gets the money yeah it gets well it gets it's they're supposed to get a share of the money unless you have so many more than every other player in which case you just get to take the whole thing yeah yeah that wasn't uh i kicked your booty big time well that that one has a has a cool mechanic too where they have these hideout cards where you can play them on your opponents and kind of negate any cards that they have on the table for a specific person which emily did quite well, a bit he was so mad i think i had all the hideout cards in my hand and the only way to get rid of them is with a wider card and i had all those in which, my yeah, hand too she was hoarding so <laughs> so it's it's been fun what do you what do you what's your favorite so far of the three um i have to say jack the ripper only because i'm big fan of the ripper anyway and i mm. think i've read just about everything there is out there on the ripper i think <laughs> i think that's where i lean as well um the alcatraz one was a good one to start with but it kind of that's, hasn't held up as well. That will be a good one that we can introduce to friends, I think. Yeah. And then the wider one, I got so, you, beaten so you badly the one time that, that we played it. I, I, don't, I don't have a fair I opinion had, of it look, right now. You have to get $25,000 to win. I had $45,000 to his $4,000. After two hands. <laughs> yeah, it was I, like like she said, she had every single hideout card. So she just kept negating all these like runs that I had and then like was just hoarding the wider cards. Up. Yeah. Which drove me a little nuts. So, so, but it's a good series. Um, I've heard the Al Capone one is particularly good for two players. 
So I think that's the next one we'll probably pick up. But uh, it's worth looking into, especially if you might have like if your significant other might not play like games like harder games, but is familiar with like more traditional card games. It might be a good way right. to uh, to introduce a them gateway into game. it. Sure. sure. I, yeah, I guess you could put it that way. So we, you know, in, in more of a heavier light, um, we one of the first games that we backed on Kickstarter uh, many, many months ago was Brewcrafters um, from Dice Hate Me, which looked like, um, for for lack of a better term, Agricola, except that instead of farming, you're brewing beer, which is a theme that speaks much more to us than <laughs> the farming theme does, I think. Yeah. So this game finally came in um, in January, would you say? Uh, I think so, yes. January, February, and we've been playing it quite a bit since... Uh, Even though there are so many components, I can't wait for my game trays to get here. Yep, there there are. So, ba- so in the game, there's... Uh, several different types of batches of beer that you can brew and you only use a certain number of them for each game but the, each each one has these unique like six pack tokens essentially that you use for scoring points and, and they're there's so cool. yeah there, but there's a lot of them there is a lot of them right now it was tough to tough we to had punch a really sort. tough time trying to figure out us an interim solution until we got the game trees mm-hmm. which we which we still don't have yet i think we're getting them end of the month but they should be soon or right? so yeah something like that oh i can't wait so Brew crafters, um, it's it's a very tradi- like traditional style worker placement game where y- the game takes place in different phases. You have a market phase at the beginning where you have two workers that you can put out to basically gather um, ingredients, di- yeah, different types of ingredients for brewing. Or you can gather other workers. Yeah, you can hire like assortment, yeah, assorted hire people things. for your brewery, that kind of stuff. Um, and then the second phase is the brewery phase where you have specific brewery workers that can do different actions there which you could brew a batch of beer you can build like new sections of your brewery basically mm-hmm. like a you know like a farm for you know harvesting ingredients if your beer's far like enough that. along you can sell it yep that too um and or you can also um what's the third action you can do why am i drawing a blank right now you can brew you can research and then oh or, or you can yeah you can, or uh, that's what it is you can research you every player has a research track as well on their like specific player board that has different specialties that you can, you know, get bonuses in and stuff I need like to that. Start utilizing that more. I don't utilize. I would it think enough. so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really helpful. Now, what I and the game takes place over I think twelve rounds because it's three three years and then each year is broken up into the four seasons basically. Right. So, um, I love this game a lot. Like it's a really good. Um, would you say it's heavy? I'd say it's like a like a medium to heavy. Type yeah, of game. Probably around there. But it's I I love worker placement games that really like restrict you on what you Where can you have get to make done. The most out of what you can do. Yeah, like it's it's it feels like you're like like you look at it and like through the first couple rounds of the game, you're like, man, I don't know how I am ever gonna get anything done in this game. But through the first couple rounds, you build this engine up basically that you can use to to make the, your brewery much more productive. Um it's cool because too the brewery workers cost money you have to pay them obviously at the end of each round and when you hire new ones you have to pay them more like the like the first brewery worker that you start with gets paid two dollars the next one's three and then the next one's four but you can determine when you hire them right but then you also have to worry about any equipment you installed that Mm -hmm. all costs money too so so it's it's very cool um one of those games where you're not really handcuffed at all in terms of strategy you can kind of do whatever you want to do um 
and I, I I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I mean, there's not too many worker placement games that I'd put above it right now. I think no, for it's, us, it's pretty darn good. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, I, I do need those trays to get here, <laughs> just because the sorting for the game it takes forever to set it up and break it down. Just because we have them in these little, like the little beer tokens in this small Plano box that has like eighteen sections but like but they just it's so tight yeah and then i can't fit so my finger to get him out finger in there so i have to fish him out <laughs> so but those should be coming soon but but a really good game um from dice hate me and ben rossett uh was the designer of that one as well uh keep going with the dice hate me game we have uh several of the rabbit series games they're a bunch of card games one of them in fact is brew crafters the card game <laughs> we actually busted that out what last week mm-hmm yeah, we've been we've been playing these quite a bit because they're basically Dice Hate Me did um, a contest last year, which was a 54 card challenge where they had game designers um, submit games that could be played with a deck of 54 like playing cards, basically. Right. And I think they came up with what, six different games? Yeah, they had six six games that were um, on Kickstarter. It was two sets of three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I remember we backed the one, but the other one. We didn't for I don't remember what reason. I, I remember so so they had like a food themed one, which was the one that we did back. This had brew right. crafters, um, it had a game called Diner and, and then Pie, Pie Factory, Factory. Which um, is super fun. Yeah, which and we'll we'll talk about all those in a second. The other one I was so there's a game called The Fittest, which was like a three to six player game and, and our you'll you'll find for this game it's very rare that we'll play a game that doesn't scale down to two players just because again we play mostly with each other at least until the little boy gets a little older <laughs> yeah and then uh isle of trains though it was designed by seth jaffe who we both really like mm-hmm. um and also dan keltner i think also designed that as well i just like upon reading the rules and checking out the gameplay like i wasn't feeling it now we end up of course getting that later anyway haven't uh, we played haven't, it haven't yet, played but... it yet um and then easy breezy travel agency was the was the one game i really did want out of that set which we also ended up getting later oh, on that game so that was, it a, was deba- a bit of an it ordeal a yeah a bit of an game. ordeal getting that one um but yeah we've been playing the ones that we have the pretty pretty consistently um the brew crafters tra- uh travel card game is is okay um I, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a good game to play on the go. Mm-hmm. If we're ever at home, though, like I would definitely just want to play. That, that'd be a good, see, these are good for like vacation and mm-hmm. things like that. Matter of fact, we were eating dinner just before we came up here to record this and we played Easy Breezy Travel Agency while we were eating dinner. Yep. <laughs> so and that and that one I actually like quite a bit. So um, so Brew Crafters just give you a quick synopsis of that basically you have cards that each card has an ingredient, but it also has either a player or a, per, a worker or a type of equipment. Right. And you have a choice of whether you install that worker equipment into your brewery or, or if you use it to brew beer. Yeah, you can use the ingredients to brew beer. And, and each time you brew, you get points, basically, and you're trying to get to a certain number of points. Um, easy breezy. There are these ticket cards um, that you're collecting that correspond to different cards. cities. Yeah, and there's destinations. And essentially as new ticket cards get drawn if they have a destination card printed on them um it'll increase the value of the tickets for specific destinations and you're trying to basically trade in sets of tickets to get the destination cards which will get you points depending on how 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 valuable the ticket is is. um and that one's pretty good that one i like because you can just knock it out i think it took us what 15 minutes 15 minutes to play a game of that um really cool really easy set collection it's kind of 
kind of got it like a ticket to ride style vibe going to but without the the board play of course um diner we've only played once right yeah that that one's a real-time game where <laughs> you're trying to frenetic. yeah it is a little <laughs> frenetic you're trying to fill um you have cards that have different types of food on them and you're trying to fill uh tables like basically orders, orders yeah basically. at a diner to get um the check amount that's on the, t- on the I ticket. I didn't quite get it at first because he's like, oh, you have to do this. You have to grab this and say, order up. And I'm like, okay, I feel kind of stupid. Well, I order think, up to you, but. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that one would be, I think that one actually, it would be more fun with more people. Yeah. Honestly. I think, I think so too. Because in order to play a card or take a card, you have these action tokens. And every time you do an action, you have to pass it to. The ne- like the person that's next to you essentially. And I think I was so slow at one point. I had all the action tokens. Yeah, like, you just kept pouring. Like, I was kind of sitting there waiting. He's <laughs> like, "Woman, come on!" <laughs> so, um, the one that I think though that we that we like the most, um, is Pie Factory. Pie Factory is so fun. So you build a pie. There are crusts. There are fillings, and there's even toppings to put on there. You can do like lattice, or you can do meringue. There's a whole bunch of things, and each one of them gets you, um. Uh, each one's worth a different dollar amount and some of them also have um, some iconography on them Mm -hmm. and if you at the end of the game you collect the most of a certain icon you get an extra bonus bonus points yeah yeah what what i like about that one the most though is that so each each card that you play has like it it looks Uh, like an oven timer basically but the more valuable the cards, so like if you play like a high dollar filling or a high dollar topping card, that has a higher value, which means that you're going to go probably have to go last the next round in turn order. So it's very hard to chain together a really good sequence of turns. Um, also, anytime you box a pie and boxing a pie is basically taking the ingredient card that you, that is on top of the pie and scoring it. Um, you you automatically go last as well which like i said doesn't let you string together a lot of great turns so that part's cool kind of like the 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 real game inside of that one is really manipulating right. that turn order to to work out in your advantage and that like i said that one i think we've easily played the most out of the series yeah so far yes. yeah um i am definitely curious to check out owl trains because now that i've kind of got a better understanding for the game i think that'll be well, maybe we can play it when we're done. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I might want to play something else when we, <laughs> when we get downstairs. But yeah, good, really good, like I said, really good um, quick games, good filler games, I'd say, um, that are worth checking out if you can find them. I know they're starting to get out the stores now, for sure. Um, next up for us as uh, a game. So the Dice Masters craze. So, okay, I should probably even go back further than this. So Couriers was a game that we got a while ago, um, and we played... One game of Couriers and just absolutely hated it. Yes. Just did, didn't like it whatsoever. Um, felt like it was almost, too fiddly. It was too fiddly. It felt like, I don't want to say that it played itself, but it, it was always obvious which dice you should buy if you could right. afford it. And there was always a best course of action yeah, that you could see. Yeah. So I like when I get challenged a little bit. I mean, we like the dice. Because because we love dice, dice and all the custom dice were cool. So, but we just didn't dig couriers that much. So, Marvel Dice Masters comes out. Um, we hear how it's supposed to be the greatest thing ever. How it's supposed to be couriers, but they fixed the parts of couriers that we didn't like. And of course, it was near impossible to find. Yes, but also know that we are a DC household. Well, that too. So <laughs> so the the X Men one came out. No interest in that. I'm not really an x-men guy you're not really an x-men gal so but then they 
you know, announced they're coming out with all the other sets that they're coming out. So they've done and Dungeons he and immediately Dragons. texts me at work and says, oh, my God, they're coming out with DC Dice Masters. If we're going to get in on one, it's going to be this one. Yes. <laughs> so after long after a long wait, finally showed up in stores. Um, I went out. I bought the two player starter kit. I bought 10 of the little booster packs that they have. And I want more booster packs. Well, I know you do. So, I, yeah, I figured, and obviously, you know, we figured we'd try it out. And the first game was a success. So, so Dice Masters is, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's basically like Magic the Gathering, um, but with dice instead. So you, you start off with, but all, there's also a deck building game there as well, because you start off with a set of really basic dice, but then you bring with you to the game um, all of... Uh, like I think it's eight different character yeah, cards that each have dice on them that you can basically purchase. There's different currencies that you can roll during the game and you can buy those dice to add to your bag essentially. Correct. And then when you roll the character dice, they're, you know, characters that you field onto the field and onto your battlefield. And then you can attack your opponent. The, the goal is to get your opponent down from 20 life to, to zero life. Um, and it's just very cool. Um, easy to learn. I didn't feel like there was anything really no. too too hard this there. This guy here says, oh, hey, you want to do the introductory game? I said, I think we're smart enough. We can just <laughs> play and we can figure it out. I, uh, we barely had enough dice to do the full game, though, honestly. Well. So we're pretty tight on there. Let's get more dice. Well, I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the plan now. So, yeah, so the game is good. Um, I'm glad that we're getting it on the ground floor with it i guess and i'm glad that it fixed all the issues that i had with quarrier yeah i, th I think that was my biggest problem with quarriers that in quarriers you have to you if you have a like a character dice in the field you have to attack with them yeah and if your opponent has someone to block with they have to block with them and that's i didn't like that part i like being able to decide do, that do yourself what I want, right yeah so and the other thing that i really think is neat about the game is that if you attacked if you attack your opponent and you go through unblocked, then you actually have to discard that the character that you used to attack, which is kind of cool because that way you can't just wail on somebody until they can get. Even though that's all you did all game long was wail on me. Ah, uh, but you couldn't get any dice out to defend. So what are you gonna do? You just <laughs> be salty well, about it. Well, you got impatient towards the end of the game there, and and just tried when you should have been playing defensively. <laughs> he lashed out attack, so it made an easy win. But I'm looking forward to um exploring this one now the tricky thing is going to be the the deck building part i think because i know that you don't really dig that too much do you what building decks and that kind of stuff i just don't know much about it like i said you anytime we had a game where we actually have to like build a deck ourselves, you kind of always just had them there and i just used one that's true so the netrunner if, if phenomenon you, oh don't get me started on <laughs> netrunner. don't i know you love it i no 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 i do it's always going to hold that place in my heart, even though I don't have it anymore. It makes no. me very sad. <laughs> but yeah, Dice Masters, um, pretty good. Like I said, we'll have to give it some more time to play it and see see how it goes. Uh, the other one we've played recently was uh, Ascension came out with a new block, Dawn of Champions. And uh, this guy here, he surprised me with it on our anniversary. I did. He's like, something he goes, you don't even know what we're going to go get. I'm like, okay, well, let's go. And I was like, I walked in the store and I completely lost my stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Ascension's a long time one for us. Um, it was one of the first ones that we actually started playing. Yes, which we'll actually talk about a little bit later on. But uh, yeah, it's, oh my God, I just, I can't get it. I love Ascension. I just, <laughs> I can't see enough good things about it. Yep. 
so we I think we we yeah we definitely have every set that they've yes, come out with do. so far. So why don't you talk about some of the differences with uh with this one in uh, particular? This one. What are the big cards called in this one? I think they're just called champions. Okay. I'm pretty sure. So this one, as opposed to the other set, has champion cards. Um, and you also have to get is it influence or favor? I don't know what they call. I don't remember that. What they <laughs> We've only played it once. Point so far. To- point tokens. You yes. have to get point tokens. Yes. You you gather these tokens for different things that you do based on the faction of your. Uh, champion and once you get to certain point levels you you know get to do different things um i think one there's there's actually a card with every champion that will go into your hand at a certain point and he will help you you know on your way to mm-hmm. you know throughout the game yeah it's it's kind of so what, the one thing they introduced in the realms unraveled set which was the one that came up before this is they have so in Ascension, um, there's four different factions they in the game. They have dual faction cards now. Well, that that they introduced that, but they also introduced um, bonuses for getting many cards from the same faction. Essentially, so like if you had, you know, like um, you know, a bunch of mechanic cards, if you they would trigger off each other and chain off each other. Right. And the champions are kind of an extension well, of that. Isn't it? This one is rally. I forget what it was before. It's I think before is unite or multi unite yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Um, so I, which I, well, I I liked when they started doing that because one of the critiques that people leveled at Ascension before Realms Unraveled is that it was a game where like it was a deck building game and there's a lot of different cards available, but it was always best usually just to buy like the most expensive card essentially. Or to just go Meccano because Meccano was where all the points were. (laughs) But I like that they started giving you like a reason to kind of specialize your deck in Mm -hmm. to a certain faction, which was really good. Um, So I was definitely excited about hearing about the champions when they when they introduced them with this one. What do you think about this set so far? Uh, Well, one playthrough. uh, I actually really enjoyed it. It was it was uh, it was different, mm-hmm. you know, which is what I need because like the first couple of sets, it was everything was just kind of like the same, same, same. That's why I said, like you said, with the with the last one, you know, it's just like oh, they have the, you know, now they have dual faction cards, so you can actually play all kinds of cards off of one another. And this one with the champions, it's actually made things in more interesting. I think. Mm. See, for I'm I'm actually at a different opinion than you on that. I th- I don't feel like the champions have added a lot to the game because they're not like I expected them to be really powerful and they're kind of like they're okay like they're not like I said I just like because it's something different it is something different I just I don't know like I feel like they didn't really add more than they added in Realms Unraveled Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and then Realms Unraveled also has the the transformable cards which was a which was a thing that and I really liked. They also liked. have the best flavor text in that they game. Do. I swear. They do. It's way, yeah. But I, I like that transform mechanic that they introduced and they, they took it away in this one, which is fine because they don't want to, you know, overload it with right. too much stuff. But I, I think Realms Unraveled's probably. Maybe if they had a transform mechanic on your uh, champion. That would that would be cool. cool actually if they did that. You know. Yeah, like so, like, like if, if you, you got to like I think, say you got to like twelve whatever point tokens mm-hmm. and uh, and says okay now you can flip him over and then he does like some mm. kick booty kind of thing. That's I like that a lot actually. <laughs> maybe you should maybe we should email 
<laughs> Stoneblade Entertainment and see <laughs> see if they would add that in like the next expansion that comes out or something. They don't do expansions anymore. Remember? Well, whatever. In the next set, whatever. I know they don't put out the small boxes it anymore. Makes me a little sad. Not gonna lie. I know. I know, but it's. I don't mind getting a large box because we don't mix but them anyway. That means that I don't have to make any more custom inserts. That's true too. <laughs> That's true too. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm lukewarm on this one. It's definitely like I We've definitely only played it once. Give we it played it twice. We played it twice. No, we have not. Yes, we definitely have. No. I know that we, we have. played it once. We played it twice. No. <laughs> You're wrong. Mm. So I'm. I'm. I still am going to be lukewarm on it. I would put this below. Probably below the, like right in the middle. Like I think it's better than Storm of Souls, so, definitely. So we're doing Realms Unraveled, Rise mm-hmm. of Vigil, yes. Then Dawn of Champions, yes. And then OG, and then or then original, and then Storm and then of Souls. Storm of Souls, yes. That's where okay. That's where they rank for me. So, but yeah, it's I, I I'm not disappointed with it. I just I don't know. It just it fell flat for me a little bit. But like I said, maybe more plays and we get to experiment a little bit more with that. Yeah, will change we'll my mind. So that's what we've been playing. So we're going to take a little break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about how we got into the hobby. Um, you'll get to know a little bit more about us. So uh, stay tuned. All right, and we're back. So, uh, so like I said, for the first episode, I figured it would be a good idea to just kind of a getting to know you kind of yeah thing. getting to know you giving you know our kind of background on the hobby so you know i guess kind of where we're coming from and plus we like talking about the story of how we kind of got into gaming in the first place so i figure we will uh we would go with that oh yeah this guy here one day he comes home he's like hey he's like i was at the game store today he's like and i got this game he goes i think we'll really like it a lot and it was carcassonne no was ascension like, was first no 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 you got carcassonne we played that before we played ascension are you sure? Yep. You bought them both the same day, but we played Carcassonne first. Okay. Well, just to, just to rewind a little bit. So we had played a lot of like mass market stuff um, for many years because we both grew up playing playing like board games. Yahtzee and Sorry and Risk. Yeah, lots lots of stuff with has stuff lots of like stuff that. with Hasbro on the right, on right, the right, cover. Right, right. So and we did that a lot. Um, and we did that for a couple of years, and then we kind of we kind of fell off. And we kind of got into this like little rut where we were, you know, I was sitting on the couch playing video games. I'm sitting on the couch reading my book. Yep. So we were we were together. We were, we were together, but not together. You know what I mean? And I remember I remember you had said, you know, why don't you play games with me anymore? And I told you, you because know, I just, I'm bored with the games that we have. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't like what we had. Anymore. Well, because I didn't feel challenged by them. Um, you know, you can only play sorry and yahtzee and <laughs> monopoly and all that stuff so many times before I you just kind of get play monopoly with you anymore remember? well i don't blame you for that because you're a jerk when you play i am monopoly. i am a jerk <laughs> when i play monopoly so i remember we dabbled i said well i'll tell you what i played magic the gathering when i was a kid it's still out now like let's try that out we'll see if we can so get into that us like a bunch of dum-dums got some magic cards and was doing that for a while and i was just like yeah i remember why i stopped playing this yeah it wasn't I, it wasn't really working out i didn't want anything collectible right and it's and like i said the whole deck building part was not something that i don't think you had any interest in whatsoever so i said to myself i said surely there has to be something out there that's like magic but you know without the collectible aspect and stuff like that like someone has to made a game that is that is similar to that so you know upon scouring the internet um i found 
Dominion, of course, which is like, yeah, it's like this is okay. And then we're talking, we're by the for time frame, we're talking like about two years ago, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, saw Dominion, I'm like, yeah, this is this looks all right. Um, and then I found Ascension, which you know, they're which if 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 you've never seen Ascension before. The box is boss. Well, the box is boss, but looking at the cards, like the cards look exactly like magic cards almost, essentially. And the game was designed by former Magic Hall of Fame players. Like, so this this game definitely has a strong magic gathering influence. So I said, of course, this is this is perfect. Like, this is great. Um, let's roll with this. So I'm I I know that I picked this up first. I know that I did. We didn't play it first. Because well, because I got this from collector's corner i remember i bought it there okay and we play, and we did play it first and i remember when we were we i'm pretty sure that we did no, we didn't well no i'm gonna t- i'm gonna we're gonna circle around i'll explain to you how <laughs> i know that we got there so when we did get ascension we started playing it like three or four times a night basically well it's because it's all we had it well but we really like got sucked into it mm-hmm. so it was it was really good for us um the game was easy to pick up my mind so like i had the same reaction to ascension that i think everyone that's been in the hobby for a little bit longer had when like dominion came out where like deck building was this concept that nobody realized existed but like when you first saw it you're like how did how did nobody think to do this sooner like this is so simple and amazing so after so we started playing that i was looking for more for other card games and then that's when i stumbled upon a lot of the ffg card games um most notably star wars lcg which didn't go that over well at all yeah but also but then android netrunner which he loved i do not i did not but and this is why i know we play ascension first because you, did not. you love it or what well, no i did love it i'm sorry <laughs> yes you did not correct but this is how i know that we played ascension first because i i really did start to get into netrunner to the point where i started playing it comp- competitively and then that's where I discovered Can Games because they had their Netrunner scene because um, my buddy Dan, who's the owner of Can Games, he's the one that turned me on to Carcassonne. No, I don't think he was. I know that he was. He because he loves Carcassonne. So he, and I asked him, I was like, "What other two-player games can me and my wife play?" Because she doesn't really dig into Netrunner, and he basically shoved Carcassonne in my face and said, "You take this home and play this. You're gonna love it." And we did. Like like Carcassonne was an instant hit we played it just as much as we played ascension probably Mm -hmm. if not more um and that's and that that's really the one that i think started us down the down the the rabbit hole yeah because because once we got carcassonne and we also picked up a couple expansions for carcassonne and we were like i said and it was cool because you know everyone a lot of people that are listening to this are probably like oh carcassonne so simple but you have to remember that we had never seen anything like this like right. like our our exposure to euro games is like man what's that settlers of Catan game that's on the shelf that looks boring <laughs> as hell and there's only three and it needs three players Ugh, we're not gonna we're not gonna to mess with that well this is before ticket to ride made it into like target and toys r us like right before that happened so i i'd never seen ticket to ride we might have actually gotten into that possibly but also remember the price tag turns off too because remember when we started playing like the mass market stuff like i had i had this like strict rule i was like we will not pay more than twenty dollars for 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 a board game (laughs) this guy here remember remember we like we when we were looking for taboo 
Like we were we were searching oh so God. hard until we could find it for under twenty bucks. Finally, we found it for like nineteen seventy nine, and he was like, "I was like, can we get it now? Yes, we can get it now." <laughs> if only I knew then what you know <laughs> what, now. I, what I know now as far as how much money <laughs> we spend on the hobby. Oh, good lord! Hey, but you know what? Most of that we have either traded or sold games to get new games, mm-hmm. so we've done really good with that. So, but um, but like I said, Carcassonne was the one, and then. From there, you know, like all of a sudden I found, like, what are these Euro games? Oh, there's all these games that were designed by German people that are amazing and, and very similar to this. Well, and then we got Castles of Burgundy. Mm-hmm. Was that our first? That was our first. Um, our first Feld. Well, it was our first Feld for sure. Um, it was also kind of our first, like, heavier game because Carcassonne is very much like an introductory level right. game. Um and ca- I remember when I brought Castles Burgundy home and I started going through the rule book, I'm like, oh, man, this is I don't know if she's going to get down with this. This might, this might be really complex. It became my favorite freaking game for quite some time. When I remember, too, like I was intimidated by by it when I first started reading the rule book. Well, when you set it up, I mean, that's a lot. To oh, it is. In. Well, I remember with that one, too, I had even played um, like a game of it against myself mm-hmm. just to kind of see how it worked weirdo well I, i'd never played anything like it before and the rules were very like i never read a rule book like that before so i'm like i was like well you know it's i'm talking like a like a 14 page rule book that you know is the most bland thing ever and i'm like oh my god this is you know this is gonna be tough and that was a hard I, but i remember it clicked um when we started playing it really after the first like round or two yeah a couple, i'd say a couple turns in we were good yeah and then um and the other game that i picked up on a whim that was, you know, a sleeper no, no, hit no, no, for no, us. No, 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 Let's set this up here, okay? I get a phone call. So there's this game, and I think we'll like it a lot. He goes, I'm not sure if I'm going to get it or not. Half an hour later, here he comes home with said game under his arm. And I'm like, so you just couldn't resist, right? No, he's like, I think we'll really like it. And that game was Mars Needs Mechanics. I said, all right. So we pop it open, start looking through everything. I was like, all right, this is easy. We can play this. I think we played it that night. I have never had more fun with a stock market type game in my mm-hmm. life. <laughs> well, to be fair, you never really played one up to that point either. I don't think so. Well, well, we've played, you know, God knows what. But I mean, still something that we play pretty frequently still oh, now. Yeah, still. You know what I mean? So. Um, it's because it's a fantastic game. Well, it is a really good game. Um, but it's uh, so yeah, th- those four I think were probably like the biggest influences I'd say we had, and then from there it's just evolved into. And now we have a five by five IKEA shelf that is filled, overfilled with games and whatnot, mm-hmm. to the point that we had to buy another shelf just for our little tiny card games. <laughs> yep. So I mean, and, but it's been like I said, I've I've really enjoyed finding this um and to the point where we really like i don't play many video games anymore honestly well i still do my reading and everything else but i do that mostly on Mm -hmm. my lunch break at work now (laughs) but i mean it's it's kind of like what we do now you know a lot of nights you know let's say at least two or three nights a week i think this has been one of the best things that's happened to our relationship mm-hmm. it's it's really kind of brought us together more as a couple i think well and just because of like the social aspect of you know gaming around a tabletop which is it, it, you can't get that same experience even if you're sitting next to someone 
playing a on video a couch game playing a, a video screen. game. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's the not same. The, it's not the same thing. Um, yeah, it's it's I'm I'm really glad that we stumbled stumbled on this because it's Especially been since we're so cutthroat with one another. Well, that I mean, it does it it helps that you are. <laughs> You are of the same mind as me in terms of competitiveness. Well, I don't think we'd be married if we weren't. Well, no, but but no, but I mean, there's a lot of couples out there who don't like that sort of like, you know, backbiting, cutthroating style. But for us, it's actually it's, oh, it it's a feature. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the reasons why Carcassonne was such a big hit, because we learned how to how to screw each other over really well. <laughs> and that made the game a lot more intense and a lot of fun there. So, I mean, but th- like I said, those four. Um, I mention it because I like I was the one that was really inclined to kind of dive into this world and and those four games I think really clicked with you who I mean I don't know if I'd call you a non-gamer per se but you definitely weren't as nerdy as me when it, <laughs> when it comes to like looking into these sort of and now you think I'm worse than you yeah possibly what <laughs> how do you figure i don't know well because well the thing i remember the thing that always and and i tell you this all the time the thing that always blew me away and that was like man I, my wife is really cool is when i think it was trajan was the first time that i really brought home a game that was defined as being like a heavy game yeah this guy he's like oh he said i don't know if she's gonna like this i don't know if she's well i, ha- I held it. off buying it for a while he's like uh, he's like all right let me just pull the trigger and he brings it home Within, I think, the first three turns, I got it. And then I kicked his butt, I think, the first time. <laughs> well, and and to that point, like, I keep, you know, kind of stepping up the difficulty in that level. Like, I keep finding stuff that, you know, is very heavy and very weighty. And people are like, oh, you know, this is like a super heavy game, blah, well, blah, Well, then blah. he tells me, he's like, oh, well, this is like a heavy game. I said, really? Well, that's, like, that, well, that's. And then he goes, huh. He's like. Now my wheels are turned. I think I can get some heavier stuff in with her now. <laughs> we'll see that, but that's what that, I was gonna say. That's what I do. And you're like, this is heavy. Like I'll bring home, I'll bring home these games, like you know, like Kanban. Ter- well, Kanban and and like Terra Mystic. I remember that you you picked that. I wanted that one. You I did. bought that with my birthday money. I remember. Yep. And and that box was heavy because they put a whole tree in there. And I remember like the even after the first like the first game of that, you're just like, all right, this is no big deal. Like same, you know, Kanban the same way. Panamax was a game that is a game that we've been playing a bit lately. And that one hurts my brain a little bit, but you're just like, yeah, whatever. Like I remember you smoked me the first <laughs> the first time that we played. Yep. And it was kind of hard to come. So that that part has been really cool for me. Cause like I said, I remember when we first were looking at games and like we watch reviews all the time and read reviews. Like I would show you stuff and like you'd be like, I don't know if, you know, like I really don't know about. No, <laughs> I, I, one in particular sticks out when you showed me the review for trains and I said, Jesus, that looks boring as crap. And I'm like, oh. and then we're at the game store and he's like, but please come on. I think you'll really like it a lot. I said, fine. I caved. We got it. We brought it home. One of our favorite deck builders now, if not our absolute top favorite. What do yeah, you think? I don't know what I'd put above it. So. <laughs> That's probably true, too. It has the most boring-looking box, but they always say, you know, don't judge by the cover of something, so just don't do it. Trains yeah. is fantastic. Trains is fantastic. So I'm sure we'll be talking about it quite a bit over the next uh, several episodes. So, But, yeah, so that was, you know, that was what we wanted to talk about for the first episode, just, you know, to kind of give you guys an insight to where we come from. And, uh, and yeah, like, and if you ever, you know, need suggestions, you know, on 
you know, Especially great game to introduce. Games. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, hopefully, the show will be something that you'll come back to. Um, you or know, throughout hit the us episodes. up on Twitter. Like all that kind of stuff. I probably should talk about that stuff yeah. now too. So, uh, I mean, cause we're, we're at, we are at the end of the first episode. Um, so thanks for tuning in. First of all, if you did, yes, thank you very much. Um, you can find us online. Um, we are on Twitter and Facebook, uh, at tabletop for two for both of those. Um, please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, if you can leave us a five star review, um, we have a policy where with some of the other shows that I've done, where if you leave a five star review, we will read it. On yep, the we will air. read it on the air. Um, to, to thank you for that. So if you have like a website or something to plug in there, you certainly can do that. Um, also, we are affiliated with the Nerdpocalypse Network of Shows. Uh, make sure you check out, check out the nerdpocalypse.com um, website for all, all your geek culture needs, movies, comic books, TV shows, um, science and tech, video games, all that sort of stuff. There's lots of shows in the network, including Nerdpocalypse. Um, Dense Pixels, which is a video game podcast that I'm a part of. Uh, black on Black Cinema, which takes a look at black cinema With movies. Carrie, mouthful of Mouthful toast. of toast. That's an um, anime. Yep. And there's even some uh, premium shows that we have a paid membership that's only $5 a month, but that gives you access to all those, including Look no Forward. No Time to Bleed. Yeah, No Time to Bleed, an action movie podcast. Uh, look Forward, a political show uh, that our network uh, producer, I guess, Jay does. Hey. There will be no Jay bashing on the show. I love Jay. That's right. And I will defend him. Jay and you better keep it in check, sir. Jay gets enough Jay bashing on the other shows, so that's fine. I got but, you back, Jay. Yeah, definitely check those out if you do get a chance. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and then, like I said, uh, you can check us out uh, everywhere else that we just talked about. I think I just mentioned. <laughs> so, But that's it. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, we will see you guys uh, next time we record, which should be in a couple weeks. But until then, bye. Bye.